0: Hey friends, Brett from Trogonomics here. Welcome to Porch Beers. Excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. We got a good one on tap for you today. So here's how it works. I do a question or two or a concept with Trog. He doesn't know the topic we're going into. We just set the time. We turn on the Zoom and I hit him with something. In this case, um, as with a lot of Porch Beers, it starts with a, a little bit of a question or two in my head that marinates and marinates. I'll go on a couple of runs. I'll think about it. Uh, I might even text Trog uh, just a little bit of a question or two to kind of start that conversation and see if it's something we want to deep dive into. Um, exactly how this one happened. I, I read some, some media, watched some media on the company Big League Advance and did, did a little bit of homework. And I reached out to Trog and it's like, hey, have you heard of this company and, and this concept? And uh, he said, yes. I kind of snowballed in my mind a little bit from there. So I left the conversation thinking this should be a good porch beers, put my notes together. And uh, what you're going to hear in the next uh, hour-ish is going to be that conversation. Um, The underlying economic principle is very similar to venture capital. The idea is that a company is investing um, essentially startup capital in minor league baseball players in exchange for equity in their long-term earning potential. Uh, at the major league level. So we break that down a little bit, um, kind of get a feel for it. It's uh, something that TROG brings up is present in other industries like education, as well as music. And then there's some uh, some underlying economic principles that we talk about along the way. Um, definitely a, a fun conversation for me. Um, I learned a lot as I often do and Honestly as I always do with conversations with Trog. So I hope you get uh, some good nuggets Out of it, I hope it's entertaining uh, I hope you enjoy it, we'll jump into some beers We'll jump into the questions, we'll dig in Appreciate you being here Thanks for listening, we'll catch you on the other side Trog. Welcome to Porch Beers. How's your day going?
1: It's good. It's good. I uh, had a long run and I'm looking for some, uh, some hydration.
0: Okay. Well, so. uh, we've got that. Porch Beers does not come empty handed. Let's do this. Let me just, uh, let me set the table a little bit here. Another Porch Beers episode. I'm super excited about this one. Uh, like a lot of them, they've been in my head for a little while. I'll go on my runs and I'll start to kind of, you know, architect where my thought process is going a little bit. And then, you know, a couple of weeks go by and I'm like, okay, this is the part of the conversation where I need Trog to tell me what I'm missing. (laughs) I need an actual point of view other than my own. Um, So let's see, how should I phrase this? I'm going to give a caveat to our listeners first, because I've taken some heat. I think it was uh, your neighbor gave me a little heat. It might've been someone that lives in your house with you. Doesn't think that we're on the up and up. And I, and we've, we've brought this up before, but I want to, I just want to make this clear. We haven't really had this conversation yet. About a month ago, I texted you about the company that I'm going to talk about. And Um, I had asked you if you'd heard about it. Okay. Uh, I'm seeing, I think, you know, where I'm going to go with this one. Uh, perhaps but i texted you to see if you'd heard about it you said you'd i think if i'm not mistaken you'd heard a podcast about it okay or maybe you'd done maybe read an article about it and that was i think that was about it um i took i took a text a hot take from you of like you know it's kind of like this or that um but what i would like to do is deep dive here and i've done some research uh and what i want to do is is uh Set it up a little bit. Give you a little bit of background. I, I put my data analyst hat on. Um, I put a few numbers together, and then we're, we're going to break down some questions. Okay, All right. if that's okay, I want to get your opinion, your points of view based on, on some of the stuff that we'll we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, we don't you don't know exactly where we're going here, but the. Um, you know, much like our U2 Wu-Tang, like, you know who U2 and Wu-Tang are, <laughs> but we're going to dig in a little bit. So the, um, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just hit you with the top line. Big League Advance is the name of the company. They invest cash in some minor league players. And in exchange for investing that cash in these minor league players, they retain a percentage equity in that player's future earnings at the major league level. There's a lot of additional bricks that go to that house that we can get into, but that's where we're going to go. So what I want you to do is start the engine a little bit. Okay. I want you to think a little bit about where we're going to go here. And, um, uh, and uh, as always, you're an economist, you're a classically trained, brilliant economic mind. And that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of where, where we're going to go. Before that, though, <laughs> it's it's porch beer time. Yeah. So talk to me. Talk to me. What are you rehydrating from your run to today? Uh, what's your rehydration strategy?
1: Yes. And, you know, for I'm not a I'm not a health expert. I have had plenty of water and some Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm not solely relying on this. But
0: uh... when we say Dr. Trogden, we're not talking Dr. <laughs> Trogden, registered dietitian or, you know, medical doctor. We're talking economists. So you're more than welcome to give bad hydration advice and That's not right. be legally responsible.
1: A friend of mine likes to joke when he got his PhD that you know we're a doctor, but not the kind that helps people. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: There's a I lot have... of weight in that. I, I have I have both in my family. I have a PhD for a father, and I have an MD for a sister. And uh, that phrase alone probably would have made for some awkward dinner time conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a Sierra Nevada. Uh, I'm pretty oh, sure nice. I've done one of theirs before. East Coast, West wow. Coast combo. And I have a what's called a summer break. It is a hazy IPA, mm-hmm. which I like. But the other thing I like about this one, a lot of hazies get high ABV. This is a yeah. session hazy. So it's only 4.6. So Ooh. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, for, that's uh, for rehydration, I think that's the way to go. So yeah, Sierra you're Nevada really summer a break. <laughs>
0: I like Sierra. We're talking. uh, Well, I think we brought this up before, but Chico, California, uh, is where they were born and raised, and I think they have a spot in Asheville now. Is that right? Yep. They're doing a little distro out of Asheville. My my wife spent a good uh, chunk of her uh, college years there. Uh, Our good buddy Alex, uh, he did that as well, and I can only imagine what it might be like to go to college not at Baylor. Where uh, you know drinking uh, was uh, judged heavily. Also, having uh, you know, instead of the Dr Pepper Museum around the corner, you had the uh, Sierra Nevada tasting room around the corner. I'm guessing it was maybe a better college experience <laughs> uh, from that point of view. Um, so, uh, respect to the to our friends in Chico, um, and at Sierra Nevada. So, enjoy. I'm going to go with uh, Fort George. They are out of Astoria, Oregon, keeping it local, keeping the economy here nice and strong. It's uh, called City of Dreams Pale Ale. Uh, I will say a lot of times when you say IPA, at least I've found, and you know, feel free to light me up in the comments section if you'd like, but I've found when you say IPA these days, at least in Oregon, you're getting a hazy. Mm. Um, I don't know if maybe I'm just going to the right places, that's certainly an option, but that's where we are here. This is a delicious, it's five and a half percent. So, you know, just kind of sitting uh, one section closer to the game than the session IPA, but not going with the full blown, like, you know, not on the mound with everyone. Right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open it up and you know, it's a beautiful Sunday, Oregon, uh, late summer here. So I'm going to go ahead and just get started. Cheers to you. Cheers. Uh, and then, uh, we'll get down to business. Um, so big league advance before I unpack the, uh, some of the data I was working on, mm-hmm. some of the, some of the, um, uh, some of the puzzle pieces I want, I wanted to find, I, maybe just tell me a little bit about where your head's at. When I say big league advance, uh, when I texted you about a month or so ago, you were in the loop. You were aware of this company. You had, um, a point of view, albeit you know, again on text, we're we're not you know really breaking it down. So maybe just tell me a little bit about where your head's at initially, what you know, um, what your thoughts are, if any, or if you're like you know what I don't I don't know, you know, yeah. just, where where are you at, so that we can build from there. And
1: mm-hmm. I'm gonna
0: uh, I'm gonna hazy IPA myself. Yeah,
1: go for it. First couple thoughts come to mind. So in economics, um, the one of the things we assume about People as they're making their consumption choices is that they generally like to have a what we call a smooth consumption pattern. So, ideally, if we could optimize our entire lives, we'd like to be able to know kind of how much we're going to spend year over year and not have to adjust up and down, you know, a whole lot. So, it's called consumption smoothing. It's kind of a feature of our models. But part of what that means is. When, you, when your earnings are lumpy, what you would really like to do is be able to spread that out a little bit. So if you have a whole bunch now, but you're going to need some later, then you save it. If you don't have anything now, but you're going to have a whole bunch in the future, maybe you borrow and kind of bring that future yeah. value back into the present. So that's what we mean by consumption smoothing. So from the minor league players perspective, I'm, I'm seeing how this is allowing them to smooth, uh, you know, potentially pretty volatile earnings, right? I think we talked about that in an earlier season one episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to allow them to kind of smooth their consumption over the, over their lifetime. Um, and that brings me to the second thing that came to mind is um, we also sometimes talk about, you know, we generally like markets. We think allowing people to trade generally benefits both sides, but there are cases where we have what are called missing markets. So, There's, you know, we can think of things like, well, you know, why can't we, we can think about a way to sort of help a minor league baseball player pull some of that future income into the, into the present. Why didn't that exist? Why is that market missing, right? Our financial markets are usually pretty sophisticated and a lot, a lot of places, those kinds of instruments have already been created, right? Um, So when I, when I heard about it, I thought, okay, um, this is a market that may have been missing before, but somebody's had a great idea. You've got a select set of people with potentially very big payouts coming, and it may benefit both parties to figure out an arrangement to smooth that consumption to the present for the player, and then on the other side to give the company that's facilitating this a return later down the road. So that's kind of my initial thoughts.
0: Um, So I've never heard you speak to this uh, smoothing concept before, which I love. This is a conversation my wife and I have when we talk about money. You know, there's times where the bank account is, you know, a little bit heavier than we think it should be, or than we expect it to be, and when it's a little bit lighter. And there's a lot of like, you know, it's only going to be a couple of days until this happens, or you know, this payment, or this. You know, there's a lot of that in. I would imagine everyone's world if it's experiencing in my world. And as you know, I'm not a minor league baseball player um but i i like that 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 that's a whole nother episode or at least a whole nother (laughs) private porch beer of uh of uh of this um of this concept in uh it's funny that uh, i'm gonna go on a slight tangent here but in the data analysis and forecasting world that i live in in my my job we call it peanut butter where you like you smooth you just take a big swipe of peanut butter across the bread and every day is the same when you're thinking in months, um, and it's we try not to do that because we know that's not real. But if you're if you're at a point, if there's a time crunch, if there's a, a some variables that you can't understand, it's like just peanut butter, you know, just smooth it out. Uh, I haven't heard which, that phrase before. I like that. <laughs> it. It might be homegrown. I'm not sure, but the, the first time I heard it, I was like, I like that. I'm going to stick with peanut butter. But the that that concept, I, I appreciate that that is um, a bigger deal than perhaps. The conversation that my wife and i have privately and and perhaps some of our listeners have is they're managing their money and, and incomes and making sure they're meeting their goals and and uh, not being uh unthoughtful with mm-hmm. their uh, with their income so so cool um v- uh, interesting starting point as always wasn't quite expecting that and uh and i appreciate that intel so let me let me give you some a little bit of background mm-hmm. if i can i did some research on some interviews that the founder of Big League Advance has done, and also on their website. So essentially we're talking about a a style of venture capital, except that the the investment goes towards a human being and not a business entity that's legally wrapped up in a protected LLC or an S Corp or something like that. Right? Mm -hmm. As we talk about very often, human beings, are emotional by nature, particularly about money and about work and about things like that, versus businesses. And Although founders can be emotional about you know, their creations, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a business. So there's a little bit of controversy or a little bit of um, attention given to this company because of that. And there's not a lot of examples out there. I, I would argue that in the music industry, there's some 360 deals. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I've heard of a few different companies that are doing this where they basically buy into a band or an artist and they get mm-hmm. a chunk of their merch, they get a chunk of their tour, they get a chunk of their streaming and things like that. And that that's a little bit newer. Um, and again, a little bit more controversial than say the original. Yeah. Let me, is. let me give like, you another example
1: uh, yeah. in higher education. So yep. there is some uh, movement towards this type of style for paying for college. So what you and I knew and what a lot of us have probably really? done is we took out loans
0: yeah. to pay.
1: So we took on all the risk We're, you know, we have to pay that back. Yeah. You can't, it's very hard to bankrupt a, a college loan. So there's uh, there's some folks that have started to try to flip this and think about it more as an equity stake model. So Purdue university is actually a leader in this space. And the idea is that the university is essentially buying a stake in their students' future earnings. Um, and so if you're, I think the typical contract would be, you know, I, Purdue helps me pay for school. They basically sort of like own a piece of my future earnings. Right. If I, as, as long as I make it to a certain income threshold, then they start asking for that. But yeah. if I don't make it there, then there's really nothing for them to claim against. Yeah. Uh, I'm not at risk of defaulting on a loan. Um, but I, if, if things go well, I do have to share in the upside. So there, it, it's
0: moving into higher education as well. Interesting. Super interesting. Um, well, that is exactly the, the model here. So I'm going to tell you what the, what I've learned about the investment strategy is. Uh, and then I'm going to give you some data about uh, minor league and major league players and some of the, the, the money that can be made or not made, Okay. Um, some of the career lengths and things like that. So essentially the, the investment strategy is $50,000 cash for 1% equity. Okay. The 1% relates to major league earnings only, not minor league earnings, not post major league, not additional revenue streams. Say you open a, invest in a restaurant, they don't own a chunk of that. Okay. Or if you uh, if you go into uh uh perhaps you have a you know a degree or you go back to school get a degree if you happen to become a educator or a, you know professional they don't get a chunk of that right what about endorsements uh my understanding and that's something that i i dug a little deeper in but couldn't really see my understanding is it does not include endorsements okay just the major league paycheck got Asterisk next to that comment that uh i wasn't able to find out if that was exactly the case so, so 100,000, 2%, 153%, and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my first thought, and you know, you jump in here too, my first thought is without doing a lot of research, 50K for an individual on top of their uh, very nominal minor league salary, um, it's not going to, you know, if you have a family, it's going to not last too long. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I actually don't. Did we talk about minor league salaries already?
0: My hunch is that that would be basically like an extra
1: year in the minors, roughly. Does that sound about yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You maybe a year and a skosh, right? Okay. You know, maybe a year and a half or something. Like if you were really being tight with it. Um, but um, like I said, do you have a, a spouse or somebody that's uh, you know you know living with you, traveling with you, you know, living this lifestyle with you? Do you have a child or two? Do you have parents or a sibling that might need a little bit of help in um, mm-hmm. your, you know, to your point about that smoothing of income, they're, they're going to be, uh, those those folks that are in your orbit will have an opportunity to breathe a little sigh of relief as you will, if you make it there. Begin um, like, as it's not quite perfectly smooth, perhaps you have another dependent with you or two. Um, yep. So my thought was 50 Maybe not that much. Um, hundred, maybe that's where the sweet spot is. One hundred and fifty, three percent. That's that's the investment. Um, and again, from my research, I'm seeing about a hundred clients that they currently have. Okay. So this isn't available to everyone. They are selective with who they reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, they they talk about essentially a statistical algorithm, where they study who they think is going to make it. Um, there's a few, uh, you know, as, as you might expect in that pool of 100, there's a couple people on that end where you're just like, oh, man, you know, that's one of the best players in the league. There's a couple of them that you could name. And then, you know, there's obviously several that didn't make it. One of the first things that I thought when this was this idea, when I first learned about this company and this, this idea, and I think about this with musicians doing a 360 deal as well, is, boy, that 50K... You know, shoulders drop, You hit that hits the bank account. You already got a few bills lined up you got to take care of. You got all the little things that maybe you wanted to add to your training routine or your your access to making it to the majors. You know, maybe you need a gym membership that's got a pool in it where you can do some, you know, weightless workouts and things Mm -hmm. like that, maybe that you don't have access to. Uh, Maybe you need a massage, uh, you know, sports massage a couple times a week that you don't have access to. Uh, maybe you need a better sleeping situation. So you can get that eight to 10 hours of, you know, good quality rest. So you want to live by yourself. So those types of things, you know, and then boom, 50 K is gone. Mm-hmm. Right. But like I was saying, they don't pick everyone. They only pick a few folks. They make an offer. Um, they get, it sounds like they give the individual the option of how high they want to go. Do they want to go three, 400,000, you know, do they dig into that or do they want to, you know, keep it at that 50. Any feedback there? Any thoughts on kind of that level of investment? Um, You know, when you think about venture capital, early rounds and incubators are kind of in that 10 to 25 range, but there's always the like, okay, once you get proof of concept, then you get another round and that round might be a 50 or a hundred, depending on, you know, how scalable it is or kind of how excited people are about it. I would say if you're a double-A, triple-A player and you're entertaining this, you're probably past the proof of concept. So mm-hmm. that $10,000 world doesn't exist, but that 50 to 100 is probably kind of where you would land in that in that comparison.
1: Yeah. You know, it's um, the, thing I, the thing that I was thinking about as you were describing it is who has more leverage in a negotiation like this. So I could see how both parties, this could be a contract that could benefit both parties, but in terms of who's going to capture more of the gains from the, from this contract. I would, you know, the individual player doesn't seem like they would probably have a lot of leverage. There's only so much control they have over their odds of making it. The company's got all the data. The company has a big pool to choose from. Um, It's not like there's a lot of companies doing this right now for the player to shop amongst. Um, So in that kind of equilibrium, you know, I could see, I could see the, the price per percent, you know, that the player gets might be on the low side. Like I, I kind of heard you say like, ah, I would, I would have thought, and this is how I interpreted your comment is that you would have, that Brett would have thought that for a 1% stake, it might be worth more than that. And that the player should be getting more than $50,000. Um, and I think that's just a again, I think it's just, it comes down to the bargaining power uh, between yeah. the, two, the two groups in this. And I think it mostly would lie with this, this company, the was it big league stakes, major league stakes? Uh, big league advance. Big league advance. Um, yeah. Now you know if a couple more companies decide to get into this market, and they can, you know, now the player, if, if they are, if they think they have some leverage, they can get into some bidding wars and things like that. Um, when you have these, when you have these thin markets like this, where there's not just a bunch of sellers and a bunch of buyers, um, it, uh, it, a lot of that negotiation is all about the bargaining power and who has the. Yeah, bonus.
0: it's not a flooded marketplace for sure. Yeah, definitely not yet. Um, let me give you some just some numbers of you know how many people are in this pool. Total professional baseball players in minor and major league is about sixty five hundred total players, based on the amount of teams and the roster constraints of each team. Okay. Um, there's fluidity, right? There's people coming in and out. 65-ish is about, is about the number. There are 206 teams in the minors, and there are 30 teams in the majors. In the minors, there's a 28-player roster. In the major, there is a 26-man 26, uh, 26 roster. Um, so that's kind of where I'm getting that number from. The average career of a major league player is five and a half years, and it varies by position. Pitchers mm-hmm. is lower. Um, first base, for example, a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, pitchers is about four years, just for re- reference. Uh, another interesting note about 19% of major league players only play for one year. Oh. So about one in five people that you see at any given time are going to play for a season. And, and that'll be the best, you know, that's it. Um, So for every every Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey that have started their careers uh, with one team and stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed, there's a lot that don't. Right. One other thing I'll note, and then I'm going to get into some money, about 10% of the AAA players make it to the majors. That's a really low number. Yep. So we did a, we did a uh, season one episode about chasing your dreams we used a lot of references to the minor league system uh i'm going to double down on what we talked about then it's real hard to get to the majors a lot of people don't make it. yeah a lot of people don't make it once you make it minimum wage we we've talked about this as well Is about a little over half a million about 570 a year average salary is uh 4.7 million a year now average not median right you're you're getting uh you're getting the the two to three to 10 outliers that are making, you know, half a billion dollar contracts right over 10 yeah. years or something like that. The Prince yeah. Fielder contracts, the, um, the, you know, back in the little earlier days, uh, A-Rod, you know, mm-hmm. turned that 250 contract with the Texas Rangers. That's now not even, I think he's in the top 10, but not, uh, not the biggest contracts ever. So, the, so there's, you know, Yeah. That 4.7, there's a lot of meat on the bone between half a million and 4.7. If if you're picking up what I'm putting down there, the minimum wage of 570,000, if you were to play 5.6 years, is you're going to make about three and a quarter million in your career. Uh, If you sold 1% of your equity, for $50,000, you are gonna pay back $32,000. So that's an average, if you make it one year and you make minimum, uh, excuse me, if you make minimum wage for an average career length, you will Mm -hmm. not pay back the 50K. So you will come out on top by about $11,000, excuse me, by about $18,000. Okay. Um, So as I'm unpacking these numbers a little bit, I'm seeing a lot of people uh, a lot of risk on big league advance. Yeah. Given the pool of of opportunity. Now, if we step back from that, there is, you know, what they're doing is they're trying to find the guys at the top, you know, that are not down in, in this world and they're trying to invest there. So they're obviously not investing in everyone. Now, let's say you got that hundred million dollar contract. you know, you're paying back a couple million. That's a nice return on investment for the company. And, you know, you're still walking away with 98 mil, you know, before taxes. Unpack that a little bit. Um, How does that shape your opinion? Ask me some feedback if I'm, you know, did I skew the data to make it look the way I want it to look? Um, How, where's your mind at this point? having heard some of these. uh, I mean, I think
1: the the data sounded solid to me. I guess my first thought was maybe the 50,000 for 1% for the player isn't such a bad deal. Sounds like, you know, I liked, I liked kind of your average career, you know, even, but you don't really make, you know, that much. You're just kind of like barely hanging on for a few years, which is going to be a lot of players. Um, So maybe that makes me think the 50,000 for 1% is, maybe more fair for the player than I'd originally thought without before seeing the numbers. Um, and the other thing it just reminds me of, and and you may know more of this world, you know, being in San Francisco for a while than I do, but my sense is that venture capital, the goal is not to make money on every deal. The goal is to find the unicorn and let that thing pay for all the other bets that you placed. So in that sense, you know, when you did your, anal- your analysis and, you know, the typical player that, that this company might contract with, they, they may lose money on. Um, and I, I think they're probably expecting that. I think that's part of the model is we have to attract yeah. some of the top players here. And we really only need of the hundred, you know, we really only need one or two of those massive contracts. And now we've, we've recouped everything. So it's not the, um, I mean, you can tell me kind of what it is in re- my sense in retail, like traditional retail is, everything you sell, you want a margin on every transaction, right? You're not, I mean, you you want want to make money on
0: every single, every single thing you do, you want to make money on because you're only making a little, right? There's, there's no 800% return item that you're just, boy, if somebody comes in and gets that shoe, I'm, you know, my bills are paid. (laughs) There's none of that. It's all. Yeah. 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 It's all. Um, I will say to your earlier point about venture capital, I think I think that's best case scenario. I think that's true is uh, with the incubators, with the, you know, the bigger, the, sequo- you know, and I don't want to speak out of turn here, but when I think of like the Sequoia or um, what was our, what's our friend Bono? What's the group that he's in? Um, uh, Elevation Partners. Yeah. Sorry, I knew it was a, <laughs> it was a reference to, uh, reference of to an songs. album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they have such a port, uh, such a, um, war chest, that then you're absolutely right. They'll go out and they'll invest in uh, lots of companies expecting, um, you know, to kick a lot of tires for the entry-level cost, and then probably lose it. Um, But then they, you know, they get in on Facebook, they get in on on Yelp, they get in on uh, Twitter and Uber and things like that. And it just, boom, you get that big, that big kick in and everything else is covered. So, um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm speaking, uh, anecdotally or, um, a little bit out of my ass, to be perfectly honest, uh, having not worked for Sequoia personally, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but to back up again, to just what you were saying, like when I started running these numbers, I thought that a lot of these numbers aren't, aren't weird. They're not, right. they're not talking to me the way that no money down, uh, mortgages with, You know, a a sliding APR. uh, You know, we're considered predatory when you're when you're looking at people who can't afford to buy a house, and you're trying to uh, convince them that they can. Yeah. Um, Also, it's a selective. You know, the investor, as in venture capital, is selective. You say no to a lot of people. People might come to you and say, "Would you invest?" And you say, "No." Right. Um, And then if you're like, "Well, okay, yeah, but," you know, you kind of know what you're getting into. The the break even point for a one percent um, uh, investment for that fifty k is a five million dollar contract.
1: I mean, five million career,
0: right? Like career,
1: yeah, right,
0: yeah. So that's a uh, if you're at, at the five five and a half year uh, average uh, career length, um, that's eight hundred ninety two thousand dollar contract a year, which um, I mean. Of, it of sounds like a players, lot of players would be or
1: should be happy with
0: that career <laughs> if they were able to i mean to do yeah yeah i mean you're making what is that 30 40 percent above minimum wage that's mm-hmm. a good that's a good deal you're in the you're in the uh you're in the league for more than a year or two um you know you're taking home a good chunk and you're giving up um not a ton of cash you know right right um 65% of major league players make less than a million dollars a year. Okay. So again, on a lot of meat on this end of the bone. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of players that just are going to either, if this were something that everyone is, was invested in, which is not how it works, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of players are going to not pay back or just pay back the principal, right? There's not going to be any windfall for, for these. So. Um, as I was doing the, the data, uh, I co- coincidentally, I went to a hops game uh, on Friday <laughs> night and, you know, we sat down there and we saw a lot of 20, this is 1A baseball to um, Diamondbacks affiliate out here in Oregon. Phenomenal experience, I will say. Um, took the kids down during batting practice, got some autographs. Uh, great hospitality. A lot, everyone was excited to see kids at the ballpark. The big walking hop, the guy in the suit was high-fiving everybody. The game was great. So props to those guys. But I'm seeing a lot of young men. Um, I'm seeing a lot of guys, you know, take you know, shooting their shot. A lot of guys from other parts of the world where the economies aren't as developed. i um, seeing a lot of guys, um, you know, you're seeing kids. You're seeing 20, 21, 22-year-old kids. Um, yeah. In Oregon, playing baseball, hoping that they're not going to be respectfully in Oregon playing baseball in a couple of years. They want to be in New York City. They want to be in LA. They want to be in San Francisco. Um, So I was thinking about that, you know. And and again, I'm thinking about these young guys, and you know, you and I were both 20, 21, 22, and 50k would have been real money. Oh yeah, Um, that would have been a big that would have been a big hit. I mean, that was a time in my life where I was. Certainly, uh, experimenting with being a professional runner and was not making ends meet doing that. I was working retail. I was thinking about my career past running. Uh, you were in grad school at that point. Um, again, you know, you're not you're not making the big bucks in grad school, right? I mean, that so, yeah,
1: that would that's basically two years of my graduate stipend. So, like two years of my research assistantship work is what we're talking
0: about. So
1: yeah, half of my earnings during graduate school.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm thinking about this, and I'm a little sensitive to like you know are we are we being uh, uh, are we using that 50k that 100k to dangle in front of somebody uh, in exchange for multiple millions? Um, but as I did the research, I really kind of turned the corner of first of all, not every guy on that field is going to get this opportunity. Um, not every guy in that field is going to you know make it to double triple A make it to the majors. If they do, um, and, and things kind of hit the law of averages, um, not a bad, not a bad way to spend five and a half years, not a bad salary for five and a half years. If you get a little bump, you know, give a little back. Um, not bad.
1: So One, one question I had, um, yeah. So you're talking about the vetting process. So I'm sure i'm sure this company is spending a lot of money on analytics and trying to get the pool to be you know as high probability as you can the, the question i had and and you could even talk about venture capital more generally are you would think they would be incentivized in other ways so getting the guy the right agent um you know getting you know helping him get tryouts for the right teams are, are there Kind of other benefits to the player in this contract? Is is this company actively working to try to get him the major league contract
0: or is it pretty hands off? So they're not agents. Okay. Uh, The players would have agents negotiating on their behalf um you know the scott Morrises of the world jerry Maguire guys right <laughs> um there's a little bit uh, of media and again you know media's media is
1: mm-hmm. media
0: um if there's a good story to tell uh which i think there is a good one here um there's a little bit of contention between the legal community and the agents who are also taking you know we talked a little bit about this with the wu-tang youtube you know agent versus equity um I guess maybe that's all we talk about, but <laughs> the, um, you know, how, how do you pay people? But, um, a little bit of contention between those relationships because what, what big league and advance is doing is they're basically, uh, just investing cash instead of a loan. Right. And what the agents are doing is trying to get them, you know, more money, trying to get them, their deals, trying to get them, you know, all the, the bells and whistles that, that you've come to expect with, uh, Um, professional athletes and some of those additional things that they can take advantage of. Um, As I understand it, they don't offer any additional types of anything, which actually leads me to some of the questions I wanted to to unpack if you're ready for those
1: yeah. yeah.
0: in in no particular order. And by no way am I trying to get you to agree with me or anything. I really just want your, I want your ice cold opinion. Yep. What it, what, how, how are you spending this 50K or this 100K under the circumstances that you're probably going to be, if you're the guy, you're going to be in the minors for two to two and a half years before you get called up, if you're the guy that gets called up. What, what's your thought process in how do I spend it, needs versus wants? Mm-hmm. What, what's your thought process? If you put yourself in, in, uh, in this player's shoes um what are what are some of the what's the list you go down
1: I would first thing I would do is I, I wouldn't I'd be very adamant about not dropping it all at once on kind of whatever it is and so part of the reason I'm saying that is conceptually I'm I'm bringing some of my future income back to now but this should represent a I I know it's one percent but like it's 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 a a chunky thing, right? I didn't I didn't just bring back like a month's worth of pay. <laughs> right. I brought back I don't know I don't know five years is sixty months. I brought back I don't know a couple months. So I wouldn't I would think about it as again under the under the auspices of consumption smoothing. Like I I would make sure that it could last me again my hopefully my remaining one or two years in the miners. Um, other than that though, I don't know that I would. I'm not sure I would treat it any differently than um, than any other any other money decision so I'd have my I'd have my list of goals I'd have turned that into a budget hopefully I've got I already have predetermined that any money I have coming in is going to go to you know one two three until it runs out that kind of thing so that's how I would be that's how I would be thinking about it that this is this is advance on money that you know hopefully I'll be earning later but I'm going to use it to meet my money goals, whatever those are. Now again, you know, thinking back to when we were 20, my goals were probably pretty modest and it would have felt like a pretty big chunk of money at once. I would try to avoid the temptation of the Corvette and (laughs) and you know that kind of thing. I actually liked your idea about how is there any way to like reinvest this capital in my earning potential, you know, just to make it even more likely. So as you talked, you talked earlier about, you know, training and those kind of things that maybe the team isn't providing. So that, that would be a good, a good use of it. But um, again, my personality is such that the Corvette doesn't cross my mind all that much, but that would be the danger obviously um, is this windfall of money. And if it, if it sort of turns on this expectation that, Oh, I have got a lot more coming my way and this is just the start and I don't have, you know, I'll, I'm good. I've got plenty of money coming my way. I'll, I'll just spend it as I get it. Um, yeah. I think. It, I think the hard part about hard part about these deals for the players, I would assume, is that you've got to be pretty honest and calculated about what your all the numbers you just did. Typical player, you know, mm-hmm. to to turn around and apply that to yourself and realize that. The right. reason I'm getting this amount of money is because <laughs> you know my my chances of making it times the money I get given that I make it is it's only so much. Um, mm-hmm. And so to see it not as oh this is the beginning of millions of dollars rolling in versus this is a chunk of something that may happen, but the way they got to this number is a lot of, I'll say failures, right? A lot of, a lot of potential future outcomes that aren't exactly what I'm hoping for, and that that's also psychologically tough. So I think it's a great mechanism. I I, I think we should be letting players make these kinds of decisions and play in their, you know, in their agents and things like that. Um, but I think the psychological tricks are, um, it's hard to deal with a windfall. and it's hard. It's hard to go get over that optimism bias especially when you're in a profession where you're used to betting on your own skills.
0: Um, Can you assign a numerical value to how difficult that is? Is that something that exists? This is a bit of a, of a tangent, but again, this is something we talk about a lot. We talk about emotional uh, reactions to money and your own ability to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about... You know, chasing dreams. We talk about betting on yourself. We talk about the American dream. Um, we talk about the American um, economic ecosystem um, and how it favors uh, those of us, those with money and those without. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder. Uh, is there something you? Is there some? Is there something there um, from an economist research standpoint of like, you know, this is a categorically more vulnerable individual, or is this a categorically standard normal middle of the road individual based off of you know age and and income and um, career path
1: that last question is an interesting one a lot of us especially for college educated our working career is worth a few million dollars and in fact it's probably worth a few million dollars with more certainty than the minor league baseball players is now it's not going to have doesn't have the same upside. Very few of us are going to be A-Rod, you know, 250 million plus. But... The the highs are much higher here. The highs are potentially higher, but I, in some ways, kind of thinking about, it got me thinking about how to talk about this with my kids when we start talking about college. But, you know, for college educated, you know, 23 or 24 year old, they will probably make a couple million, three million bucks in their their lifetime. The reason I made it, the reason it reminded me of that is I've heard you hear stats about athletes, you know, losing their money or, you know, soon after retiring, not having a lot of money. And one of the ways I've heard that explained is, you know, again, for this typical athlete that you've described, they're basically just taking an entire lifetime's worth of career earnings and they're, they're getting it in like two years. Right. And that human brains aren't (laughs) adept at that kind of the consumption smoothing that you'd have to do with that is really hard. Um, on the flip side, you know, I think again, for, you know, I mentioned some of these mechanisms in higher education. Um, it, it does make me, you know, I, I think I'm kind of hopeful, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting out of college and looking ahead and thinking, actually, I have a really good asset here. Um, I don't have to be, I don't have to wait on a winning the lottery or, you know, waiting for the Cincinnati Reds catcher to retire so I can make the team. I, I actually have a lot of control over that. Um, so in some, in some ways I, it kind of is hopeful for the typical non-athlete out there, but for the, again, for the athlete, one of the big challenges is your, is the variance, right? The, the low probability, high payout. And even if you get that, you're basically getting a, a, most of your lifetime earnings when you're 24 and 25, <laughs> and then it may be done after that. That's a really hard place to be in. Um, I don't know how to quantify it necessarily um and you know a few of us have to deal with this but um it is it's a tricky proposition
0: yeah i mean as i'm listening to you your explanation there i'm thinking like i didn't understand or even think about the concept of peanut butter or smoothing until i was in my 40s um -hmm. and you know certainly um to your point of like you're making all of your lifetime earnings in a couple of years, all meaning you know eighty percent, ninety percent, right? Um, that's a difficult. It, it, I would say it's unexpected to be prepared for that.
1: Yeah, I, I it would it'd be very hard to be prepared for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think some of the professional leagues are trying to do a better job when when they when young athletes get into the league. I think they're doing yeah. a little more training and coaching and just kind of financial literacy. But yeah. even with all that, it's, it's just a really unique, I mean, again, let's, if you even just take the typical college grad, if I say, Hey, you know, your lifetime earnings are two and a half million, instead of just letting you work for 40 years and earn all that, what if I just gave you in two years when you're 26, I'm going to give you two and a half million dollars. How many people do we think would handle that? Well, probably not a lot. <laughs> I mean, mean, it sounds awesome, but I, I, you know, I just don't know how many of us are prepared for something like that. So, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, I, I bet on myself multiple times in my 20s and 30s. And every time I had additional inputs of cash, I bet on myself. And I was like, this will work. This will work. I will get more money. This, this X amount of dollars will turn into 10X, 20X. I will do this. I'm not extraordinary. I'm, I'm your average guy, right? <laughs> There's nothing like, I'm not a phenomenal athlete. I'm not a phenomenal business mind, right? So what about the, you know, these guys that, like I said, I see these 20, 22 year old guys from, you know, parts of the world where they play baseball day in and day out for their entire life. And they're ready to go. And they move to Oregon and they're like, let's do this. I'm the guy. -hmm. I'm the guy. I'm gonna be in Oregon for 20 minutes and I'm gonna be in New York City for 20 years. (laughs) Right. Or Phoenix or you know, wherever the wherever the uh baseball um architects land me. So I've got two two additional questions and and I'm kind of torn between which which one to ask first. So I'm just gonna throw I'm gonna throw this one out to you. Um ethical or unethical. This and not—I'm not saying this to pick on this company, but on this style right. of investing in humans. Whether it's a 360 deal, whether it's Purdue University uh, investing in the future earnings of their educated students, or if it's a company similar to this where we're investing in human beings and taking a chunk of their future earnings.
1: Uh, I don't have a big problem with it. Um, I, I you know, I think these are. Adults, as I, I mean, clearly, I'm sympathetic to it being a hard decision, but
0: yeah,
1: I think, think it'll be a I'm, hard decision. Yeah, I'm I, I, ultimately, I'm willing to to trust to trust adults to be able to make these decisions. We already in higher education allow 18 year olds to borrow a lot of money, so yeah, you yeah. know, I, some people think we shouldn't, but I mean, they're adults. I don't. This it's a different arrangement, but I'm I'm okay.
0: That's a a great answer. That's a great, that's a great answer. Uh, One of the first introductions to this company um, did not play that card. One of the first pieces of media that I saw about this company was not playing that these are grown ass adults. And I trust grown ass adults to make their own decisions and be comfortable with those decisions, those consequences. It's not atypical to to be in, you know, introduced to difficult uh, moments. That, that's a fantastic, that's the. That's exactly what I wanted to hear from an economist. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs>
1: yeah, I probably played, are, played it pretty like, straight for an economist to answer on that. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, know,
0: but it, you know, that's fair. Like, you're right. These are adults. And it's not, um, it's, I mean, unless I'm, unless my research, and certainly it could be, Is is uh, not deep enough. Um, It seems pretty transparent as to what your options are and what your fiduciary responsibilities are. Right. uh, As a as a consequence, Um, I'll 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 add an additional statistic just to to kind of round this out. If you make it, you invest one percent, or you you take the one percent investment for fifty k. If you make it and you are dead on average, you make the average salary, you make the average career length. You mm-hmm. are going to take home um, twenty six point four million dollars, right? That's four point seven million over five point six years.
1: Okay.
0: One percent of that is two hundred and sixty three thousand dollars. So you make twenty six. 0. $0.4 million and you pay back or you pay out a um, quarter of a million. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a 527% return on investment. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's I mean, pretty I, good. I but hear That's that. average. That's yeah, average. Yeah, that's yeah. if you are an average major league baseball player, which to be fair, checking my notes, <laughs> there are 780 players in the major league. So it's a tight little group of people. If you're average amongst those 780, um, you know, you're n- by no means average. You're a phenomenal athlete and you're, uh, right. you're worth every penny. But uh, 527% of return, like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I hear
1: that. And I mean, that doesn't sound predatory to me. That sounds like both both parties coming out, you know, fine, right? They, The, 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 player, got to, okay. the player got to, you know spend a little bit more while they were in minors and they got plenty of money at the end of the day. I mean, this is cheaper than agents as far as I know. Um, so, and, you know, and again, the nice, the, the thinking back to higher education, the flip side is that they only owe the money, right? They only have to give up that 1% equity stake when the good thing happens, as right. opposed to like a, a student loan where you're on the hook for that, even if it everything's going in the toilet. So I, from, a, from a sort of fairness perspective, I think you could make the case that this, this equity model is less punitive.
0: As I was going through this, and I mentioned this, um, I don't know if I mentioned it before we started recording or not, but I was getting excited kind of going through this data. I was like, this actually, my, my initial reaction was, you know, like it's hard to turn down 50K. Mm-hmm. It's hard to not, Believe in yourself. It's hard to turn down 300K when you've got, you know, some debt responsibilities. You've got folks at home that are struggling that you want to help. But, you know, as you run the numbers, and again, like we're not talking about everyone and we're not talking about paying out if you're not successful. Right. I mean, that's the thing that's hard is when you fail and then you still have to pay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, I, I greatly appreciate some of the insight you've, you've offered. Uh, as I've been mentioning, you're hitting me with some, some points of view and some concepts that I wasn't expecting, which were great. How many percentage points would you give up if you were in this position? And how would you approach that decision? Like, you're, you're, you're the guy. They hit you up and they say, Trog, we think you're going a long way. Now you may not have, or you may have some of the things you need to do, you know, what what's your checklist? What What's your checklist of like, okay, should I take 50, hundred, a 1 million versus what I give up? How do you think about that? And then, and then how do you move forward?
1: I think I would, I'm thinking about this as um, almost like an insurance policy for me. So this is this is an amount of money that i can get for sure um, and i would be psychologically i would be thinking about it as this is kind of my backup plan so if if this major league career doesn't go well i'm at least going to be able to walk away with however much i decide to sell 100,000 200,000 i'd be thinking like okay so you know if i was smart with that how many years would that buy me you know to retrain to get into another career and yeah i guess i'm kind of thinking about it as like a an insurance policy like i and the, the biggest thing here is i'm able to get this under this contract i get it for sure versus taking my chances you know later so i think yeah. about it as how how much would i need to kind of cover those rough years where I'm trying to hang on, you know, I'm bouncing around, I get cut. I have to figure out what I'm going to do next. And that's how I would think, be thinking about that money. Um, I'm, I would be worried less about how much I have to give up if everything works, because again, I think at that point, I'm probably willing, that's kind of price I'm willing to pay. If I'm, I'm still taking home 25 million, I'll I'll figure out a way to sleep at night um, with the 200,000 I owe them. But, I, I think that's how I would approach it is what would I need? What would help me cover the transition if it doesn't work? And that's, that's how I'm going to use that money.
0: That's good stuff, man. I, I'm glad we dove into this because like, a, like a lot of things, like most things, we kind of sit on a little bit different fences, different sides of the fence, I should say. You've got that um, 20 plus years of, of really studying the numbers and being uh, methodical and, and uh, calculated with your approach and And uh, I, on the other hand, set my hair on fire and jump out of an airplane about every six months. Assume that uh, everything's going to be just fine. (laughs) It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. The hair (laughs) will grow back. I got a long runway. I'll figure out what I'm doing on the way down. But this one really um, initially got me uh, thinking this was um, not an awesome thing. Um, But the more research I did... But,
1: well, I think my initial text. I think we did. not I think it was kind of obvious that we were had different takes on this, if I remember right.
0: There, I was. I was. Uh, I was not expecting your uh, response on that initial text of kind of like being cool with it. Which, I'm. You know, we kind of shut it down. But I might shut it down because a. You know, I wasn't really looking to like get into a text argument with you about this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was kind of looking to be like. I was looking for some text sympathy. and when i didn't get it i was just like all right i didn't get it but the other thing was (laughs) i was like well shoot trog knows trog knows so if trog thinks this is not a bad idea then clearly you know the emotional side of me has won this first battle and i need to dig in to, to understand what the full uh you know what the full story is i got you know the initial media that i i noticed on it was incredibly uh one-sided obviously um and um um so like i and i'll I'll reiterate what i said last you know last night doing some research i was kind of like this is not a bad deal this is you know whether it's i'm going to invest in myself with that 50 to 100 or i'm going to uh help the people around me that helped me get here and will help me down the road or make sure that You know, that stress of um, having a family and chasing your own career and not being able to pay the bills as easily as you can. I don't know. I don't know. I definitely like my initial thought was like, gosh, this is, (laughs) this kind of gives me the chills a little bit. It's like, you you know, you dig into the numbers and you're like, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of risk on the company. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the risk is on the company. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Yeah exactly again I've been accused of being a billionaire uh, apologist from times to times and I don't <laughs> want to be that guy again but like you know anyway awesome I really appreciate you playing along with me on this one this was a fun conversation yeah that was a fun uh, one yeah, I, think,
1: I, I think we I think we've inadvertently started a side podcast on
0: music and image and minor Um, you know, it's authentic. That's right. (laughs) It's authentic. And and there's economics and everything, right? So Uh, money, economics, baseball, (laughs) beer, music, running, always a good one. Always a good one. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the uh, consideration and thoughtfulness with your responses. I look forward to another one soon. All right. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, man. Hey friends, Brett from Trogonomics. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Porch Beers as much as I did. As I mentioned earlier in the intro, this was a good one for me. I really enjoyed the conversation. I got a lot out of Trog uh, in in this conversation, and I really learned a lot about his points of view and about um, you know some of the some of the ways that uh, big league advance and and uh, venture capital operate in their thinking process. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Hope you got some good intel. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for spending the last hour with us. It's a pleasure to have you a part of this conversation. Hit us with a like, share it, forward it to a friend. Have a wonderful day. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.